I'm Lauren Ingram. I'm the founder of Women of Web3, and I'm also mum to a one-year-old. You're listening to the mother of all solutions, stories from mums as they navigate their return to work. With me, Laura Broderick. So welcome listeners to Mother of All Solutions. Um, I am in the Shaw podcast booth at the podcast show London um, at the end of May. Super exciting. It's very surreal for me being an actual studio setup. Um, so yeah, exciting times. And I've got a wonderful guest. I've got Lauren Ingram joining me today. So hello to you, Lauren. Hello, I'm really excited to be here. I know, it's great. You've been looking around the show as well, haven't you? Because you're a fellow podcaster. Um, so how's your day been at the show? I've uh, been really enjoying it so far. I've learnt a lot on the panels that I've been listening into and then I've also just been kind of mind-sweeping all the chocolate and sweets and I've also having some great chats as a result. Oh, well, it's great to meet because we have message and we are part of a group of podcasters who support each other in their endeavours um, but we have never met before never connected in person before so it's fantastic to take this opportunity to just have a good chat and find out about what you do for your work um, and also your role as a mother and how they might intersect and things that you want to share and say with the mother of all solutions audience so thank you Lauren um, so let's get started. Um, it would be great if you could tell the listeners a little bit more about what you do. Um, you are the founder of Women of Web3. Um, so it'd be great to hear more about what that platform is and your role in that as a tech entrepreneur, a tech educator. Um, so initially tell us about that platform and then it would be wonderful, especially for me, who's maybe, well, I am very ignorant about what Web3 potential is, if you could say a little bit more about Web3 in general as well. Yeah, of course. Mm. Um, happy to and uh, you're not alone in terms of not knowing very much about Web3 it's, it's brand new for most people and it's also really full of jargon so um, you're, you're totally forgiven if, uh, if if initially it might sort of wash over you and then you have to kind of go back and be like right I'm going to try and understand this because that was definitely my experience and other a lot of other women's experience um, so what is Women of Web3 um, it is I think of it as a sort of community and also a little consultancy so on the community side we have talk about having jobs resources and connections so there is a jobs platform of women that want to work in the web3 space so it might be things like in nfts cryptocurrencies um, anything connected to the metaverse um, and blockchain more broadly um, and actually that kind of partly helps to define what web3 is we're talking about the kind of next major iteration of the internet after social media so if web web 1.0 was websites email sort mm -hmm. of 90s basic internet web 2.0 was things like social media but also things like the sharing economy airbnb uber different ways of connecting people up through platforms and then this third iteration of the internet it, web 3 a lot of it's based on the blockchain but it's also being sped up by things like ai um yeah. we don't have to go too far down the, the tech rabbit hole but just kind of know that they're all kind of lumped in this kind of what's coming next online but just uh, briefly to say what women of web 3 is so there's yeah the jobs platform the learning resources so yeah i have my own podcast the women of web 3 podcast where i sort of interview a different woman each week about uh you know, whether they're a founder or someone that's quite senior in something like, you know, a cryptocurrency exchange or something like that, um, about their roles. And then we also have connections, and that's basically just events. So, so far, that's been like in-person events in London, but with a view to, you know, try and do more things, uh, virtual events online as well. Great. Um, and then on the consulting side, we just need to do more to work with, like, uh, big brands to reach women that are interested in tech as a way of monetizing what we do with the, sort of the rest of it. Yeah, and to support that whole community of, of kind of women in this space. Exactly. 
So again, I do I do feel better briefed and prepared now about Web3, but things like NFTs, I don't even really say more. What is an NFT? What What is that? Honestly, just think of me as like the most basic granny here. Uh, no, no, I mean, I, mean, I, I was about to say I would anyway, but I don't mean like <laughs> that. I just mean, um, I think it's important to to start with the basics because I know just know it can be really overwhelming of mm. like because even if you say oh well NFT stands for non-fungible tokens but like mm. fungibility come on like who knows about this like accountants <laughs> it's um uh, I won't even I'm not even going to tell you what fungible yeah. it's actually not worth it um, <laughs> NFTs are basically like they are yeah, digital tokens a bit like you might get something like tokens in an arcade it's um, a kind of you yeah. know like a, a token of value yeah um, but these are digital tokens and so you might buy things like um, a piece of digital art like a JPEG mm-hmm. as an NFT um, and lots of the time actually is is, is artworks JPEGs um, but also you might buy music as an NFT and so it's kind of yours to keep okay. so a bit like a physical belongings you know if you buy um, an item of clothing you would definitely know it's yours mm-hmm. whereas something like the messages in your iPhone you'd think of them as yours but actually they're not ultimately ownable like that could be sort of taken back by Apple if for whatever reason they wanted to okay yeah um like our digital data our mm. belongings are not really our own um but nfts do become like uh, quite literally our own um, because of self-custody on the blockchain can you say a little bit more about the potential then for that to be a, a, a fee earning career-based place to to kind of work in can you say a bit more about that yeah i suppose actually my very honest answer is i don't 100 percent know what like how things will play out next. Okay. The way I would, um, or I guess what I would suggest to other people, um, other women, other mums, is kind of to, to learn about this stuff rather than kind of ignore it as like either, you know, I'm not technical or it doesn't apply to me. Um, I think just having a sort of open mind and a bit of curiosity about it to sort of get past some of the clunky words and mm. actually sometimes quite clunky technology still is getting there. Okay. It'd be a little bit like if 10, 15 years ago you kind of went like, like oh what's this Facebook thing not for me yeah, um, and then you yeah. kind of let that stuff pass you by um, and then it's too late you kind of miss the, yeah I mean like the, I guess yeah. we, you know you could still sort of join Facebook mm. later but, I, <laughs> but, but from that sort of um, earning potential point I mm. think staying on top of um, whether it's a technological development or kind of broader innovation yeah. I think can be definitely beneficial that's a really interesting way to look at it because I think talking about it as innovation and change and just being involved and aware of it and looking out for the potential when it might arise is a really good way yeah and there was one more thing i was going to say on the monetary point actually which is that um one of the for me one of the interesting things about nfts is that um they are programmable they're kind of um coded on the blockchain Mm. but that includes things like um you can code in royalties so that every time that nft changes hands and is sold on the secondary market you'd still Ah, get a percentage of the sale in perpetuity so Mm. For as long as people decide that digital item holds value, you would still mm. get a percentage of that of those future sales. Mm. We need to do that with our podcasts as well, don't we? Yeah. <laughs> and what's your background into this, Lauren? Like, obviously, it's new new technology, so you must be quite new to it as well. So, what's your background? What did you do professionally before? Yeah. So I I did work in big tech. I worked at uh, Meta when it was Facebook. Okay. Um, though saying that I wasn't sort of a um, not from a technical background, I you know I don't code, and uh, you know I was, I was in the in the marketing team, but also working on things like diversity focused programming. So things like um, a, 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 something called She Means Business, which is like a training program for female entrepreneurs, um, and something called like Agency Women's Leadership Day. So a lot of it was kind of 
working with women in sort of when they're underrepresented in their part of the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that kind of broadly interested me anyway. And prior to that, I was working in, um, in advertising as a marketer, confusingly. Um, if, if you don't know marketing, it's a confusing distinction of like in advertising as a marketer. So yeah, despite not being technical, I think I was really interested to sort of better understand this. And actually, mm. um, again, just being really honest, mm. I don't always know the kind of technical nuts and bolts of blockchain mm. and occasionally get terrified that I'm going to get called out for that. But actually for the purposes of what I'm doing, which is just kind of... Uh, I want to teach other women the basics of this stuff and sort of like help it just feel a bit more manageable, a bit less intimidating. Yeah. So I don't need to know the kind of ins and outs of proof of stake blockchain or a layer one or a layer two. Like that yeah. actually doesn't, that's not what gets me out of bed in the morning. Exactly. Um, it's about that kind of broader potential. That's amazing that you are kind of looking to see what the potential is for other people and kind of making the platform to allow them to explore it, learn about it um, and be ready. All right. And how many people have you got engaging with the women of Web3 community and platform as it is is it something that's like kind of taking on yeah. pace and yeah, yeah it's um it, it's, it's definitely growing for sure i think yeah. um uh i mean if i was to like add up all of our channels <laughs> it, it like it's, it's something like eight or nine thousand followers Amazing. um so it's it's definitely growing mm-hmm. and then in person um we had an international women's day event um on 8th of march yeah. and uh, that was our biggest in-person event so yeah. far and to be honest, because there's sometimes negative headlines about things like Web3 and the metaverse, mm. um, I kind of felt like, oh my God, are we, are we like past it? Or, you know, like, are people yeah. losing interest? I was worried about that. And also the, on that day, it started snowing and there was a fire on oh, the no. Northern Line into London. <laughs> oh. um, and I was like, okay, we're not going to get anyone turning up for this. We'd had, I think, a hundred and something signups. And I was like, well, obviously that's going to sort of decimate that yeah, because of yeah. snow in London just isn't a goer. And then mm. I think about 120 people came. Amazing. Um, mm. And so there's definitely that sort of, that appetite, that interest, that uh, curiosity to yeah. learn more for sure. That's amazing. Curiosity is a good word. Let's move on then, Lauren, because I also noted on your Instagram and maybe one or two things that came up in chats on WhatsApp or what have you with the group that you are also a mum. So tell me a little bit more about your family situation as a mum. What's your set? Like, what's your family? Yeah, of course. <laughs> oh, who's your family, I should say, not what's your family. <laughs> what's your family? Yeah. Um, so I have a one-year-old, so he'll, he'll be two later this summer, which feels kind yeah, of bizarre. big boy soon, yeah. yeah. Um, and... Uh, uh, so yeah, my, my my backstory is that it was um, when I just found out I was pregnant was also when I found out that my role wasn't being extended as a contractor, and yeah. and found out I was pregnant. So this was honestly terrible timing. Yeah, um, I'm actually now, even though it was really like horrendous at the time, being mm. unemployed for several months and applied for 102 jobs, what? Um, or oh even 105 goodness. jobs I think, um, including like up until a week before my due date. Um, oh. I did a couple of freelance bits, wow. but I, I just was, I was so convinced I had to be full time yeah, um, and yeah. didn't manage to, which is basically why I sort of jumped into, okay, make a new plan. What should I be learning about to future proof myself? And that's how I ended up in this track instead. Um, oh, but wow. uh, so now my, my sort of my baby and my, my, my baby and my business are about the same age. Right. Um, okay. Wow. Which is, which is kind of mad. Well, I'm sorry you had to go through that completely stressful situation I know it happens more than it should so it must have thrown you into yeah a turmoil yeah well, yeah. yeah definitely was in mm. a bit of a tiz at the yeah. time um but um actually it really did galvanize yeah. me into like trying really hard to go permanent and as I say I didn't I didn't manage to but um 
but I don't think I've ever felt so motivated, but in terms of my family setup, so yeah, my, my business and my baby are about the same age, so about a year and a half old, um, mm-hmm. each of them, and um, uh, he's in, uh, not the business, the, the baby, <laughs> the toddler is in childcare three days a week, he goes to a childminder, okay. um, and because my partner is also self-employed, we have a sort of like, um, you know, mad choreography of exactly <laughs> who's doing pickup when and who's got meetings and who needs to do stuff in person versus at home I suppose everybody's kind of doing that dance to but some yours extent. yours might change a bit more week to yeah, week. Yeah, change, mm. ours both changes loads. Mm. There's, there's basically nothing that will be the same week to week um, other than knowing which day he goes to the childminder. Yeah, that's quite tricky because um, we have a family calendar which is like, right, Tuesday you're doing drop, Wednesday you have to be back, uh. Thursday it's brownies, but it doesn't deviate too much now. I mean, it has done in the past so I can imagine two self-employed parents yeah. and you're doing something new and probably involves a bit more networking yeah, and yeah. yeah so evenings come uh, into play a yeah bit, so yeah. like tonight I'm going to um well it's been referred to as a soiree oh, nice. um, and uh, <laughs> so I'm going straight from being at the podcast show all day going out to a soiree so I've also tried to dress for both which is tricky um, <laughs> and we're in a hot booth <laughs> and we are in a very hot booth um but uh but then I, I felt quite bad that, like, as well as doing the pickup, he also does, you know, my partner will have to also do, um, you know, dinner and bath time and bedtime. Bedtime is tr- proving tricky at the moment, so I do oh, feel dear. bad. Mm. Um, and uh, and my little boy will really be annoyed that mummy is not home um, when he gets home from the childminder. But, um, so, yeah, good luck so, so it very much is a real juggle then for you. Yeah. And, yeah, and do you have any flex like do you have people who can help nearby or do you use a babysitter on evenings if you both need to be out or how do you do it um my mum has been um around so she um despite saying that she would never commit to the same doing the same day every week out that way which has been really nice but it um but again it's a kind of sort of planned on the fly and that you know she might come over but then me and her will also have a coffee and then I'll be like okay now I've got a meeting now I'm going to do this now I'll help you put him down for a nap um, okay. it's, it's still it's not like a sort of unbroken now I'm going to get on my work yeah. which in an yeah. ideal world it would be but um, but you're like, doing uh, your best yeah for sure and I'm, yeah. I feel really grateful that she is nearby and so willing to help yeah. which is really sweet um, and uh, but yeah think things do, do do seem to change constantly yeah. and then also on the evenings point mm. Um, me and my partner like never really go out together we've, oh, we've no. never used a babysitter before <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yeah my mum has babysat now a total of yeah twice in the yeah. evenings since since we've since we've had, since we had a baby and uh, yeah. and it's going to be a third time or sorry our next door neighbours are going to babysit um, in a couple of days time for me to go out for a birthday dinner and it's going to be our first our first evening out just the two of us without oh, wow. the baby without it being somebody's birthday or a wedding um, yeah. uh, just with each other. So I wonder if we'll talk about the baby the whole time. <laughs> Probably. Or business, you know, one or the other. But, yeah. you know, and this is what I do on my podcast, talk about business and babies. So, yeah. you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's the way of life and um, preoccupies us all the time. And Lauren, I wondered, like, that, that juggle, I'm sure you are doing well and managing it, but was it a surprise to you? Like, I have to say, I think my juggle was probably not as stressful when my babies were tiny babies, but everything about working motherhood did surprise me um where are you at kind of on that do you yeah I know it's a broad question but uh. yeah um it is a weird one and I do actually mm. I'm sure a lot of mums also feel like this it, it is almost like yeah com- such completely different parts of my life that I don't actually know how to align them in my head mm. it's I, like I, it's like I have a, a double life of mm. yeah sometimes I'm this entrepreneur in inverted commas which is a, a scary word to use somehow um 
in one way I'm, I'm that, and another way I'm a mum, and it's it's hard to um, equate them or like okay. yeah, make them make sense. Mm. Like I, I know I said to you briefly before that um, uh, before this podcast that. I find it when I say that I'm a working mum, I almost mm. feel like I'm lying. Okay. Actually, even sometimes, when I, even sometimes when I say I'm a mum, I feel a bit like I'm lying. Um, <laughs> yeah, that, that's really interesting. I just don't know. The, take the mum bit by itself. Is that because you feel like there's a pressure on the label to be like a perfect mum, or is it just that he still feels quite little and you haven't quite? It's probably more probably more the latter of like okay. I'm still not. I still haven't sort of grown into my identity as a mum, okay. and also. Yeah, maybe because yeah, I, I don't worry too much about the perfect mum side of it. It's more mm. like there's so much meaning imbued in a, in a word like a, a mum. Yeah, that's true. That it's hard. I don't. Yeah, I don't necessarily identify with those things yet. Yeah. Um, and what does he call you, Mama, or where is he at with his language? Weirdly, <laughs> he calls me B. B. Oh, nice. Um, <laughs> and so I've just just as of today, I started wearing my um, a thing I used to own this B necklace oh, because I was thinking like, oh, now I'm now I'm B. Now I know I'm going this like. A, you know, a podcast about working mums. Oh, that's so lovely. Um, of a bumblebee. Um, so I, I don't know why he calls me that, but... Um, or how long it, that will last for, who yeah, knows? But yeah, I, I kind of, I almost, like, want to keep it around because it's quite a sweet nickname. Yeah. Um, that, like, yeah, when he, like, wakes up from, like, a nap or um, or at, at night, sometimes still, yeah. um, it will always be calling out for B. Never for Dada. <laughs> Very sweet. So that's helped me understand a bit more about the mum bit, but what about the working mum bit? Is it because you feel... Obviously, different situations. You're running your your business, and you're in mum B mode. <laughs> um, but like, when do you feel the working mum title is again quite loaded, and there's a lot of expectations on it, or is it just that they are things you don't you don't talk about in business, so you don't talk about being a mum in your business situations at all? Yeah, there's there's mm. probably an element of that. I think mm. yeah, there's probably a tiny bit of it is worrying about what impression people might get of me if okay. I'm talking about being a mum, if I'm talking about it in a professional context. Okay. So being a mum, not because mm. it's not a secret. Um, mm. I suppose, it, you know, it is, it is my personal life, but it's definitely not a secret. Yeah. Um, but, you know, especially because I do tell people about the sort of, like, the, the pregnancy and how that ended up sort of sending me this new direction. But, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think I do worry about it maybe holding me back, not in the context of talking to other women, mm. um, but in a broader professional context. Uh, yeah, yeah, I do worry that somehow I would be, um, yeah, just taken a tiny bit less seriously, yeah. which is silly, um, but, yeah, you, you never really know what people are going to... It's not silly. I mean, I think lots of women listening would say if they've been... I mean, I am obviously very open about being a working mum. I have this podcast, but I've been more open as my kids have got older, definitely. Mm. Like, earlier on, I was in situations where I felt like I wasn't invited to things because mm. assumptions were made yeah. or um, I was invited to things so last minute that it was almost like they... Maybe that was my bad for not being too... Expl- it is quite hard to get the balance, is what I'm trying to say, between yeah. giving the information that you've got other things in your life little people um, who obviously create boundaries and a context for what you can and can't do um, but without sort of going on about it so much that people put you mm. in a very different light and you want to still be in your professional yeah for sure and, Actually, yeah. on the on the flip side just occasionally I think I sort of play the baby card when like he is a toddler now you know he's yeah. nearly two <laughs> and I'll be like sorry can't do it or you know, whatever it is that I can um, if, if it's something that I'm... The baby needs me. Essentially, yeah. yeah. I'll be like, no can do. Yeah. Like, got a, got a baby slash child. Um, and uh, so I think I feel like it's a bit naughty to kind of, like, play that card 
Um, no, like, you, knowingly so, but... Um, you probably don't do it very often. You've probably done it once and now it's like in your head that you've done it more than you should have done. The routine you've got with the childminder and juggling with your partner and your mum helping as and when she can and making the most of that, like, obviously patterns can change, but do you feel like that's a kind of... Whilst it is a juggle, it's a good pattern for you as a family. Are you sort of in a flow with that? Oh. Relatively, yeah. Mm. Actually, I feel I feel bad that I haven't actually said that my partner does so much of um, uh, of the kind of homework. What do you what do we call it? Like the not just like the sort of mental load, but like he does all the doing. Like mm. he does all of the meals. Like you know, for me and him, domestic and, load. Yeah. Mm. Um, so if mm. I do more of the kind of organisational stuff of like yeah. if we have to like I don't know insurance like that kind of stuff yeah. admin is me or yeah. like you know organizing things for the child mind i know that stuff like typically falls on like yeah. the woman um yeah. that stuff is me but the cooking and the cleaning yeah. is basically all him um mm. he manages all of that and actually he's the slightly more administrative side of things that's mm. the sort of thing he'd normally completely shy away from yeah, but since becoming yeah. a parent has really been like amazing at sort of taking on more yeah um but so I've, i sort of i'm conscious i don't want to give him all of that mental load as well as the kind of he you know does a lot of the you know, planning of meals as well yeah, as just like yeah. literally cooking things mm-hmm. um, and i know that yeah it takes up a lot of headspace all this stuff of course it does but it sounds and i i can't remember the term but when you have t- uh, in a partnership and especially when there's children around where both are like pushing and being proactive you have to be super organized like yeah. that right and it would be really share. helpful if we could either whether it's like a person or an ai just kind of hand off some of it this is what you're <laughs> going to get to next with your web three right <laughs> i hope so just be like can you just like automate some of my parenting because i think automated that, parenting that yeah hilarious. I, think, I think that is actually a small downside of a lot of this like organizational juggle mm. is that it is boring um, mm. and like, i think my partner I think he is really quite resistant to the boringness of it. Like, he really doesn't want to talk about organising, you know, like, yeah. pickups and things like that. But, like, it is very much part of our life. We basically have to constantly talk about it. And it's and not it going to change. Yeah. <laughs> and like, it's, it's not very interesting, I agree. I'm, it's not like I'm particularly desperate to talk about, like, you know, who, like, you know can, you book, can you book parking for my mum so she can come around and babysit or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. It is boring. It but. just needs to be done, though, <laughs> yeah. doesn't it? you just got to suck it off and stuff. Oh, it's so interesting to hear, and I, I know there is a real juggle, and obviously your business is still... Do you say it's it's not a startup anymore? When does something move from being startup? No, it's, it, like, no we, yeah. are, we are still small fry. I feel like um, I mean, some of it's probably sort of smoke and mirrors. I, I'm the only person that's working full-time on it, yeah. um, and everything else is kind of a bit more piecemeal yeah. um, like there's um like for the podcast there's a sort of dedicated editor that we use brilliant um and we have like a um um neve runs our partnerships for women of web3 um but apart from that it you know we, we are small but yeah but i think the more i <laughs> actually do you know what the more i see quite mediocre blokes running quite successful businesses i'm like and, you yeah. know, scaled businesses. I'm like, well, I could bloody do that. Of course you can, yeah. <laughs> so, you, yeah. So it spurs me on to, to actually sort of properly grow what I'm doing. Yes, amazing. And I was listening into one of the sessions about women in podcasting and there was that mention of, well, men just don't worry too much and just, if someone else is already doing it, they don't go, well, I can't do it. They just also do it. Whereas women are like, oh, no, we have to be so unique, so... Um, focused, have our like perfect USP, and mm. can't, whereas actually, no, there is space for everybody to be doing just good work. So if you're scaling now and keeping going with it. To kind of wrap up for people, now they know a bit more about Web3 and about your business startup, like if other people want to learn more about 
Web3? How Obviously, it's early days in that technology. Like, What do you think are the opportunities? Is it is it very much just going in with an open, curious mind at the minute? Or do you think there are defined opportunities that could potentially be good for not just women as a label in general, but working mums using another label? Like, you know, what do you think the options are? Um, defined opportunities is actually quite a good term. And I don't know if I have a good answer for defined opportunities, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think that, that curiosity helps. Um, uh, I, I would also genuinely suggest people go and listen to the Women of Web 3 podcast. Of <laughs> uh, not just because I love plugging myself, but, no, um, but, I want because, you <laughs> but because I think something like women seem to really appreciate something like that of just being able to like more passively get to know something better. Mm-hmm. I mean, specifically when we're talking about something like Web 3, where it can be a bit dense, um, is they just, before they're ready to kind of action anything, like, you know, something like buying crypto or buying an nft or yeah like actioning anything or applying for a job whatever they just kind of like okay just like tell me about it first mm-hmm. and then i'm going to start actually investigating this stuff properly mm. um so i think th- things like podcasts like not even just my own mm. other podcasts um is a good place to just kind of yeah passively get there first before mm. you start thinking about jobs in it also super briefly um and i know we're at time um but i think Web3 in terms of working culture, when you look at the kind of startups in it, it is unfortunately is kind of an always on culture um, okay. because it's quite sort of global remote workforce and mm. are in kind of high growth mode. Yeah. There is an expectation that you're always on. And I do think that's not particularly compatible with what, mm. um, what I'm actually quite sort of passionately about with women of Web3 is that we want to sort of try and work with other companies to kind of mm. or crack that because like, mm. it, it, it can't be that continually your culture is always on like mm. that, that doesn't work for people's real lives let alone parents but like the, the parents thing is is such a big um yeah there's such a big question mark there mm. yeah i hadn't thought of that i was thinking oh it, it's probably for people who are entrepreneurial or who are comfortable with tech i was like oh this is maybe a great way to like work from home and but actually if you are having to always be switched on mm. your brain could just frazzle right i mean that could be. yeah <laughs> so in, in one way you're right it's it, it does yeah. offer quite a lot of flexibility as compared to like a sort of traditional going and working in a big corporate but yeah, um yeah. But yeah, the flip side is some, sometimes that um yeah you would be expected to like i don't know join evening calls you know so like a 9 p.m call or something yeah, of course, um of if it's i don't know with Australia, I'm making it up, but um, <laughs> but let's get our time zones. Yeah, yeah but, I would, but I would love to try and change that. Where can people find out about the podcast? It's Women of Web Three. If I got it correct, yeah. yeah. And your your website, your other bits of assets and socials out there. Yeah, of course. Um, our Twitter and Instagram handle is just at Women of Web Three Co. Um, because our website is Women of Web Three Co. Okay, um, and also, you know, women of web three was taken. So, <laughs> so um, that's the doco is really important. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> great. Well, thank you, Lauren, and it's been great to talk to you today. So, good luck with the business and the next scalable kind of phase of it. And um, yeah, calling you B for longer and enjoying that sort of special yeah. time with him. So, oh, thank you. Well, I've, yeah, I really enjoyed our conversation. So, thanks for having me. Here's to some more learnings in the kind of the new web three zone. I'm going to go and Google all of this now. So just before we wrap up, obviously I've loved speaking with Lauren, so I thought it'd be great to play some clips from her podcast from Women of Web 3. I've picked two for you. One is a general kind of Lauren intro to the series and what she's trying to do to get people to um, access Web 3, demystify the jargon, etc. 
And then there's a specific clip with Lauren and his host interviewing her guest, Alistair LaHunt, and they talk about a specific bit of terminology and then have a really nice chat about Web3 and just, you know, where things are at and the, the words we use and the future. And I just thought it was really nice clip to end on so i hope you enjoy those clips i hope you've enjoyed listening today do keep in touch do listen back to mother of all solutions do listen to women of web 3 and yeah thanks very much for listening today thanks to the shore stand for facilitating the recording and yeah take care everyone and here's the clips we've handpicked the creme de la creme of women across the web3 space and i can't wait to share the episodes with you i'm lauren ingram i'm the founder of women of web3 we're a community and a consultancy, and we've been educating thousands of women about Web3 and helping them seize opportunities within it through jobs, events, and learning resources like this podcast. In every episode, I interview an incredible leader about their role, what motivated them to get into Web3, and their top tips and learnings to make it super actionable for you. As you know, Web3, NFTs, crypto, the metaverse, it's full of jargon, so we always start off by breaking down terminology before we go deeper down the rabbit hole. So listeners will be familiar with the fact that we kick things off with a jargon buster because we're sort of trying to demystify Web3 one bit of terminology at a time. So how would you describe what fidgetal means? I know it's quite an awkward, clunky word, but go for it. So I'm going to be totally honest with you. I hate the word fidgetal. I can't stand it. I, you know, we write it sometimes and it comes in emails and I like a little bit of me inside cringes. And maybe I'll look back at this and I will go, you were so wrong, Alice, you know, just get over it. It's one of those words. But I think what we take it to mean is an item that is both physical and digitally enabled, right? So that can have a chip within it. It can have an augmented reality overlay are um, a multiple of things that means it exists in both a physical layer as well as a digital layer. I hope we find another word, to be honest. But for now, I hope that is a good enough definition. Well, I, th I think this stuff is evolving by the day. And people even ask me, like, you know, Web3 stops being called that. Well, you have to change the name, Women of Web3. And I'm like, sure, if it comes to that, I'm not too married to the name. I'm, I, I'll happily change it because Web3 is also an awkward name. But, you know, it's really interesting because Web3 and NFTs have so come into the culture and zeitgeist that it can go either way, right? Because we've never stopped calling you know, Meta or you know, Instagram or Snap social media platforms ever. Like we haven't, we still refer to them as social media, but at the same time, that word could have like petered away in many ways. And it never did are those two words. And I wonder that about Web3 and NFTs, because ultimately everything will be an NFT from like the lock on your door to your passport, to your driver's license, to that digital collectible you bought. So will NFT actually encapsulate what it is anymore? And I actually think it could go either way it could stay and be something that social media are just dissolve. And the same with Web3, because we never really used Web2, we used social media, but it doesn't mean it could go away. So I'm not sure, maybe the podcast will never need to change. <laughs>